Hello everyone, welcome to the Betting Pros preview of the Masters. I'm Pat Fitzmorris. Find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. And here with me today is Mr. Pat Mayo. He is the proprietor of the Mayo Media Network and the host of the Pat Mayo Experience. If you can bet on it or make a fantasy league out of it, Pat covers it on his show. And uh, I think it's safe to say that PGA Tour wagering is squarely in Mr. Mayo's wheelhouse. Find him on Twitter at the PME. Pat, thank you for being here. Uh, doing a Masters betting preview show with Pat Mayo is like a bucket list item for me. I've, I've never wanted to go skydiving. Uh, I don't really care if I see the, the Great Pyramid. Um, but yeah, man, getting to talk to Pat Mayo about the goings on at Augusta National. Uh, and Pat, I know you're up in Canada, chilly Canada. Uh, so is the golf oh, hold game? On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where are you at? I'm in Chicago. I bet you it's warmer here than it is there. Today, we're in the 60s today, and believe it or not, I've been playing outdoor golf here in January and February. Yeah, I played my last round, I think, December 11th this year. Wow, so are you in mid-season form then? Probably not. Are you at least getting to the simulator every week or so? Yeah, my club has a simulator, so I've been trying to hit those like once every two weeks. I was in Vegas for the FSGA a few weeks ago, and me and a couple pals, we just walked on over to Top Golf, and uh, the game was a bit out of sorts nice. at that time. That's all right. All right. No one's going to expect anything. Uh, we don't expect a par-breaking round from you until July, so uh, you've got some time to get the, the bugs ironed out of your game. Um, Pat and I are going to get down to business in just a moment, but first... I humbly ask that you subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel and comment below on this video, because when you do, you could win a free upgrade to Betting Pros Premium. Whether you're looking for access to exclusive picks, top-rated player props, or custom analysis of your own betting performance, Betting Pros Premium has the tools to help you cash more bets, plain and simple. Don't want to wait for the giveaway? Sign up today at bettingpros.com upgrade and start betting smarter, not harder. Okay, Pat, we should probably start with the weather forecast, which is a little dire at this point. Uh, on Thursday, it's gonna be hot, high of 86 degrees with light and variable winds and a chance of a stray shower or thunderstorm should get in the Thursday round. But then Friday, high of only 70 and the rain chances really kick in. Showers early and then a steady rain in the afternoon. There's also gonna be some wind and uh, yeah, steady 12 miles an hour with gusts up to 20. Conditions could be flat out miserable on Saturday, high of only 53 degrees, rain all day and breezy conditions yet again. It's gonna be like a late season Green Bay Packers game down at Augusta. And on Sunday, rain showers early, then cool breezy conditions the rest of the day. So Pat, is the forecast fundamentally changing the way you're gonna bet the tournament? Are there any players you are gonna include or exclude? because of the weather on your betting card? Uh, are you paying closer attention to tee times? Are the conditions changing anything else about the way you're viewing the tourney? Well, it's been twofold for me when it comes to how the tournament is going. You're throwing out Fahrenheit numbers. I don't know what the hell that means. It sounds like made up temperature, but that's just me. <laughs> I, I can't figure it out. But I'm sure most Americans can wrap their mind around whatever the hell 70 is. I assume that's like 15, something like that, you know, in real temperature. But either way. Room temperature. It, yeah, everyone plays like there's no split tees at the Masters, like especially when we get to the weekend. So everyone's going to go off of one. I mean, they've made 
exceptions in the past. The last time that happened was, I think it was the first time it ever happened, was the year that Tiger won in 2019. So they could get it all in on that day before the inclement weather came in. And now it's looking like they might have to play two rounds on Sunday because there is a good chance that no golf gets played whatsoever. Probably on Friday, I'm guessing. I mean, there looks like there's even more rain on Saturday. The good thing about Augusta National, unlike any other golf course that these pros see, is that there's a sub-air system underneath the greens. That's not unique to Augusta National. That happens at a lot of courses. However, what is unique to Augusta National is they have that same sub-air system underneath the entire course. So they're going to be able to turn on the dehumidifier pretty quickly and suck all that water out. Granted, it never stops raining, and that's the issue right now. So there, initially, as the week started, and we started looking into this, it was going to rain into Sunday. Now, everything's got moved forward a little bit. At the onset, there was no rain on Thursday. Now, it looks like the rain is going to start around 5 p.m. local on Thursday and end sometime towards when the end of the round should be on Saturday. So I'm guessing it's just going to get rainier on Thursday and the weekend might open up a bit, but it's not the rain that concerns me. It's going to make for a softer course and the softness will go away. We saw Hideki take advantage of a very similar thing two years ago when he won his green jacket. But I think what this does, it doesn't necessarily negate any of the players that I'm going to be picking, but it is giving me pause. I want to wait until we get as close to time as possible. Unfortunately, that's not great for the content game because, you know, I'm doing pick shows and bet shows. I'm on with you trying to give out the bets. But realistically, I, I have to figure out how I'm going to structure my bets this week. And, you know, I like to win seven, six, seven, eight times my money during a week for the total amount that I've invested. So that means if I want to bet Scotty Scheffler, which I am eyeing right now, uh, the best number I can find is eight to one. He's seven to one in most places is that. If I bet him, well, then I can't bet Justin Thomas at 22 to one. I can't probably bet someone else at 28 to one because one Scotty Scheffler equals three guys at 21 to one based on the amount of money that you have to put in. So I think that's very important to realize when you bet on golf. Like if you just want to go out and say, hey, I'm going to bet Scheffler and Rory. Like those are your only two bets of the week. And that's probably a profitable strategy based on what we've seen. But I think this weather, cold, rainy, damp, kind of miserable. I just feel like these Brits international and Euro players are given such an advantage. The ones that you wouldn't even think about like, yeah, Rom's going to be good. Rory's going to be good. We know that. But now we're thinking about Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry. You have the Aussies in Min Woo Lee, or even someone like a New Zealander, like Ryan Fox, a Polish player, like Adrian Moronk, guys that just have played in this weather a lot. Like the only guy I can really think about fading in conditions like this is Patrick Cantlay, because he just, he looks so miserable every time he has to play in non-ideal weather that just, uh, you got to look for reasons to cross guys off the card. And that's a reason enough for me. Yeah, it does make sense to uh, maybe go less all in. And a guy like Cantlay grew up in California, used to pretty pristine weather conditions versus these guys who, as you mentioned, on the Euro Tour, you get everything thrown at you, man. That continental climate or, uh, you know, it's just uh, night and day. And um, I, I kind of like Shane Lowry at his odds, man, playing in uh, playing in the wind in the conditions the windier the better for the big irishman who has a lot of ballast uh and can anchor in there if the, the winds start blowing so let's talk about some of the heavier favorites pat over at bet mgm defending champion scotty scheffler and rory mcelroy are the co-favorites at plus 700 to win outright uh and speaking of bet mgm bet mgm is offering a thousand dollars to new users with their first bet free offer Sign up at BetMGM using the promo code JUICE. 
and get paid back up to $1,000 in free bonuses, even if you don't win. All right, Pat, as I mentioned, Scotty Shuffler and Rory McIlroy, co-favorites, plus 700 to win. They've both been in good form, Scheffler especially. He's won two out of his last five tournaments, and he made it to the semifinals of the WGC Dell Match Play events, and uh, Scheffler probably should have won that event. He missed a short putt against Sam Burns that uh, could have closed out Burns, but instead Burns was able to win in extra holes. And um, I guess we might as well throw in Rom here too, since he's hot on their heels at plus 900. So do you see value in Scheffler? or Rory, or Rom, uh, could Rory finally win the one major that's eluded him? Obviously, all of these guys can most definitely win. If we had staged this tournament 30 days ago, John Rom would be a 5-1 to one favorite. But uh, since the first round at Bay Hill, when he was the first round leader, things have not gone as, as planned for the uh, gigantic Spaniard. Now, Scheffler has taken over that role as the guy that looks unbeatable, very much like he looked going into the Masters last year when he won. So I would say in terms of pure value, there's no value on any of these guys. And that's the thing about the golf betting market that the books take so much handle is that very rarely are you going to find someone that's actually a plus EV bet. So you kind of have to go with what you feel. And I'm targeting Scheffler. I don't know if I can get there at the seven and six and a half, seven, eight to one, whatever the final number comes in at, whatever you can find on Scheffler. But he is my favorite of these top end guys. But like I said, if you take Scotty Scheffler, you sacrifice so much with the rest of your betting card. And I just ran a thousand simulations in real time right now. And the true odds it's giving me on Scotty Scheffler to win this event is nine and a half to one. So that's not a huge difference. I mean, when you look at the percentage wise between nine and a half and seven, I mean, it's like what, 34% of a difference between it. But after that, you have like Rory, like Rory's true odds are 22 to one, not eight to one. Rom's true odds are 13 to one. I mean, it's pretty close to 10 to one. That actually might be better value, but I just, they have to win and you have to back the players that you think can actually win. And I just, it feels like, let me ask you if we're sitting there on Sunday and everything gets played, there's three holes left. And I told you that this guy is in the final group and he's up by one or down by one. Who would be the most confident bet you would put on the board? Um, for him to win outright up, up yeah. one, um, man. I mean like anything, I don't know, plus one, one thirty, plus one forty. But the name is Scotty Scheffler, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's if it's Scotty, I'm, I'm, and he's got a one shot lead with three left to go. You know, I'd probably take him at something close to minus two hundred. Yeah. So if I was to ask you which of these players are going to be there coming down the stretch on Sunday, and give me your most confident pick, who would it be? Scotty. It's Scotty. Scotty. Everyone keeps coming back to Scotty, and we keep fading him. Oh, there's no value on him. He just keeps winning. Like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of losing because Scheffler keeps winning every tournament. Yeah, fading Scheffler has not been a good way to make money uh, betting golf in, in recent weeks. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, like, he's just been in such good form. And I feel like Rory, I don't know, something just always happens with Rory when he's – I wonder if he's got too many demons. Like, he'll, he'll have these great runs – and then, like, something happens. There's there's the hole where he glitches and uh, comes off the rails. And, like, it always takes him a little time to get it back. He makes his charge, and it's too little too late. Um, there's a large group of interesting names dwelling in the plus 1,800 to plus 2,500 range. Uh, Jordan Spieth, who, speaking of troubled histories at Augusta National, Patrick Cantlay, you mentioned before. Uh, Cameron Smith, one of the prodigal sons of the Live Tour, uh, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, 
Xander Shoffley, another live guy with Dustin Johnson, and Jason Day, who's contended here before and has strung together six consecutive top 20 finishes. Is there anyone from this group who appeals to you? Justin Thomas appeals to me. And I can't really put my finger on why yeah. <laughs> is the problem. Does he... So there's all these trends when you go into the Masters, like outside of Hideki, who was a very large outlier the year that he won, and there was, were, were wind and water affected conditions, is that just to make it very simple, the guys that win the Masters, 10 of the past 11, have two top 15 finishes in their past three starts coming in, just as a baseline. So Thomas doesn't have that. But he's still playing pretty well. It's just he can't putt. But when you go and look at total strokes gained at the Masters the past half decade, you're going to see Justin Thomas's name along with John Rahm at the very top. It's just for whatever reason, it's almost like Rory in a weird way. That stuff kind of glitches on him at one second. So I think Spieth is my favorite, but I don't like his odds. Like if I'm going to bet Jordan Spieth, which I did, it is his first round leader at 25 to 1 because he comes out of the gates hot, although he's in the very last tee time on Thursday, which is not ideal based on what the conditions are looking like right now. But I do like Spieth the best of that range. Like we can rattle off all the Jason Day consistency numbers. He's been great. All the top 20s, all the top 10s. But not once has be has he been in contention to win a tournament this year. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, um, I like Spieth as maybe a top five or top 10 where he doesn't have to seal the deal. I just, uh, you know, if you're going to get loose with the driver, as Spieth so often does, this is a pretty good place to do it. You can only get in so much trouble when there's not a lot of rough. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just uh, I'm still sort of haunted by the the meltdown that allowed Danny Willett. I am not haunted by that. You whatsoever. won. You had Willett that week, didn't you? 150 to one, the, the, the best bet of my life. Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah. I wonder about Justin Thomas and whether he can putt well enough to do it. I mean, I, I know you don't necessarily have to be a world-class putter to win at Augusta. VJ Singh won and never a particularly good putter. Hideki, not exactly a world-class putter. Scheffler sucks on the greens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I, I he just won so. the players losing strokes putting and he right, won by five. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Uh, maybe maybe this is Thomas's year. I mean, I'd love to see him in contention. Um, let's talk about some of the other interesting options for this week. A little bird told me you've got Victor Hovland, the Natalie dressed Norwegian, on your betting card this week. Uh, Bet MGM has him at plus thirty three hundred outright. I've got to tell you, Pat. I mean, I've got a soft spot for Hovland because I am the worst chipper on planet Earth, and I'm not especially good out of the sand either. So I appreciate a world-class player who's nearly as bad at chipping and bunker play as I am. Uh, but I do have concerns about putting money on a guy who, um, you know, with his shaky short game, putting on a course where a bad chip can roll out 60 feet away from the hole. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got some worries about Victor, even though he is a world-class ball striker for sure. And he's an excellent putter, too. I think that's the part that we always forget because we lump in his putting with his short game, but his putting is actually quite good. So that's a positive at an event like this. And the funny thing about Victor, I think he's lost strokes around the green in seven consecutive events coming in. Uh, that's not good. I don't think anyone has actually ever won the Masters with that sort of track record entering Augusta. However, if you go back and look at his weighted numbers from the majors only over the past three years, he's gained in nine of those 12 tournaments around the greens. I'm trying to figure out why. I, I actually have no real reason why. I have theories why that might be the case. And I think it is, is that the greens tend to run so fast at majors, where at your typical 
PGA Tour event, and you can attest to this, you're going to see a Justin Thomas, who's one of the most elite short game players in the world. He's going to have your, your he's going to double bounce it up from you know, 25 feet away and get it to stop on a dime, either in or one inch from the hole. That's what happens with him. It doesn't happen at Augusta. So these guys that are elite short game players, they're still good, but they're not generating tap-ins like they normally would around the green. So whereas Victor tends to leave his ball like four or five feet away and then actually has to make a putt, everyone kind of does that at the major championships because it's so much more difficult that, weirdly enough, I think that kind of normalizes his around the green game. Now, this is going to be really ludicrous when I see him in a bunker and it takes him eight shots to get out because I've (laughs) kind of witnessed that meltdown happen before. But ball striking-wise, off the tee, approach game there are maybe three players right now that come in in better form and if it's going to be wet and he can attack pins like that's the victor setup it is it is i think he is a guy who uh foul weather would favor for certain um now will zalatoris finished second at augusta when he debuted there in 2021 and he finished sixth last year but zalatoris has been dealing with back issues and uh boy it looked like he had a bad case of the yips at the wgc match play event where he had some um, some absolutely spastic swings uh, with the putter at times. How do you feel about Will Z with a strong couple of master showings and uh, but possibly some other issues keeping him reasonably priced? He has gained the most strokes putting at Augusta the last two years, which is mind-boggling, considering how terrible he is on the greens. In fact, before the yips that you talked about, which we very much saw, that that got circulated around. He had gained in six straight events on the greens before heading to Florida. Then he dropped at the Arnold Palmer. Then he dropped almost seven in four rounds at the players. Then we saw what happened at the match play. So he seems, before he withdrew with an illness and like was not specified what that illness was. It might just be, I'm in my own head. I don't know what's going on. I can't make a one-foot putt. But then you kind of circle back with the Victor thing. So the Victor and Zalatoris are pretty similar type players, to be perfectly honest with you. It's just Victor can't chip. Zalatoris can chip. He's excellent around the greens. He just can't putt from close. He's actually a pretty good leg putter. And that's what has really been so good for him at Augusta. These are giant greens. They're incredibly fast. His weight control from 70 feet is excellent. It's just if he doesn't leave it, you know, if he leaves it to three feet, he might miss a three foot putt, which you're not really concerned about with a lot of the other guys. So I actually think he is the biggest mix uh, mystery box this week going into Augusta because it wasn't too long ago. Let's say three weeks ago, he was 22 to one to win this tournament. And now we get double those odds on Will Zalatoris. I don't know. There's got to be a number where it comes crashing down to that. All of a sudden you're like, I'm in like blindly just based on the upside that you know is there. But I don't think that 40 or 45 is quite that number for me yet. Yeah. All right. It's it's definitely getting there for me, given his history here. But um, yeah, what we saw from him on the greens at the match play event was somewhat alarming. Um, Pat, your countryman, Corey Connors, is not only coming off a win at the Valero Texas Open last weekend, but he has finished top 10 in each of his last three Masters. He's plus 4,000 to win outright at BetMGM, plus 650 for a top five, plus 300 for a top 10. Um, is that, in your estimation, pretty good value for a guy this hot with this good a track record at Augusta? It's not bad. I mean, there's no chance I'm betting Corey Connors to win. So let's just take that one off the table. Top 10, I think the top 10 is fair. That's where he has finished the past two years, three years now. And obviously... If he hadn't have won last week, let's say he had missed the cut, you'd probably be getting like triple this number, right? Yes. 
So all the value is kind of baked out of it at this point. Now, like before you would bet on Corey Connors be like, and there's a guy who can't putt to save his life. Right. But for whatever reason at the Valero Texas Open and Augusta, he can. So I, I don't quite understand how that works. He also can't chip. He has the worst of Hovland with the worst of Zalatoris. And yet somehow he continues to come inside the top 10. Another reason why putting doesn't make that big of a difference at Augusta National. Even when you were rattling through a lot of these guys like Sergio won here. Sergio cannot putt, but he won the Masters. I just don't think I'm going to get there with Connors in terms of whatever his odds are. Just I, I missed the boat and his current odds are too bad to bet on. Gotcha. You mentioned Sergio. We've got uh, he's a past champion. Phil Mickelson, obviously another past champion coming back from the live tour. Louis Oosthuizen, who has contended here in the past. And Brooks, who is an interesting candidate here. Bless you. Uh, Brooks Kapka. Could he win, Pat? I mean, he just won on the Live Tour last weekend. He's fared well in the majors in the past. He's finished second here in 2019. Sometimes it seems like he's able to raise his game for uh, when the spotlight is brightest. He's kind of another mystery box guy. Yeah. I mean, his odds were 75 to 90 to 1 a week ago. Now he wins on a no-cut live event in Orlando at some like municipal course. Now he's like 30, 40, whatever it is to one. I'm sorry, I have to sneeze again, I think. <laughs> Whoa. There we go. Caught it. I just again the value is just baked out. If you have that big number, that's great news. But at the current moment, like he has he won in Saudi Arabia last year, he won in Orlando this year. Everything in between has just been god awful. The last time he actually finished well in a major is when he lost to Phil. I think now it was the U.S. Open in 2021, which was at, I believe, Torrey Pines, the one that John Rahm won. He's not quite the killer that he used to be. He's been lackluster in the final rounds of majors over the past three years or so. And it's really hard to gauge where his actual overall game is at because he's not playing in these DP World Tour events like Patrick Reed is doing, where... You know, he can come second to Rory. Like Rory needs to go out and beat Patrick Reed. And Rory wins, Reed comes in second, but Reed is still competitive in these larger field cut events. We just don't know that with Brooks Kepka. And again, the value has been beat out of his numbers. If you're making an outright bet, can Brooks win? Yeah, of course Brooks can win. Is he going to win? Probably not. So if we're thinking about live guys, like Dustin and Cam Smith are very clearly like the two that you would put your money behind if you wanted to bet a live guy. And after that, I think I would go Reed over I would go... Brooks Kepka right now. Yeah, another past winner. I, I would tend to agree that Reed is probably a better value and, and Kepka's uh, odds just artificially pumped up, baked out any value with him with the win last week. Um, is Tiger Woods just a total fade for you? I mean, there's so little betting value with him most of the time because uh, of the public money coming in on him. He's plus 6,600 to win plus 1100 for a top five, plus 500 for a top 10 at BetMGM. I, I guess if you got down into like the top 40 market, but the one good thing is that I've seen this at a lot of sports books is that they are boosting Tiger Woods because everyone wants to bet something positive on Tiger Woods. So a lot of places are offering him to make the cut at even money, even though it's a juiced bet uh, that's it's capped. You can only get so much money down on it because I think the actual odds are something like minus 275, minus 250, minus 300, depending on where you look. So I like Tiger to make the cut. I think he plays well. I don't think he's going to win, but Tiger has surprised me way too many times before that I wouldn't say that it's impossible that he could win. It's just very, very unlikely. And especially at these odds, 66 to one, like give me a break. There's an interesting um, player in Tyrell Hatton, uh, the temperamental Englishman, 
He's been in really good form lately, but man, he has had a uh, rough history at Augusta National. I think he's played like 20 competitive rounds here and he's only broken par maybe three times. Um, anything to like about him? Uh, is, is he just too uh, not made for Augusta to consider backing him? Yeah, I'm not going to back him. Mean, I like the other Brits better than I like Hatton this week who are in the same range. He did finish 18th in 2021, which was the waterlogged Hideki yeah. year. So that's the only time he's ever played well when conditions were kind of crappy. So I guess that's a positive for him. We've seen him you know, win a ton of Lynx courses in his career over in Europe. So I, I don't want to say that he's going to be like a train wreck and miss the cut, but I, I don't envision a high performance from him. All right, talk to me about sleepers, Pat. You mentioned Minwoo Lee earlier. You're a Minwoo Lee guy. I know you're a Siwoo Kim guy. Let's face it, you're Ric Flair golf better. The more woo in your life, the better. And hey, uh, when, so, when Siwoo Kim wins you a 750 to one bet to win the Players Championship, you're with that guy for life. What are you going to do? I, perfectly understandable. Do you like either of those guys this week or anyone at longer odds? I think Minwoo is what 66 to one, and and Siwoo maybe a hundred to one. Yeah, I, I have bets on both of them, so that should not be surprising to anyone. I gave out Minwoo Lee after the second round of the players. Uh, at a, he was 150 to 1 at that point because he had not yet qualified for the Masters, but you read the tea leaves that he was going to get himself up into the proper world ranking. I don't know if I could do 66. That seems a bit steep based on the other players that are now in his range, be it Rose or be it Lowry, whoever it is, that are 10 points more. I think objectively, I like those guys better, but when you put 150 next to his name, all of a sudden, now we're in business. There's a real long shot who I do think has a chance to win. He's one of the better drivers in the world. And you look at him, you're like, who is this guy who's like five foot six and weighs 110 pounds? Now, guy is long off the tee. He made his debut last year at Augusta, was the low debutant, tied for 14th after even having a very poor first round rally throughout the entire time. And when you see the one big win that he has in his career was at the Scottish Open against all these top end Euros and top end PGA guys a week before the Open Championship two years ago before Morikawa won. Bad conditions, windy conditions. He's just another one of these internationals that you turn up, turn on the wind machine, make it a little bit colder. All of a sudden he starts thriving. So he is kind of primed for these conditions. If you can get him up to like 80, I think 80 is a good number to play on, or just help bet him at 66. You win a 66 to one winner, it's still great. So I wouldn't take anything away. It actually reminds me a lot of the Danny Willett year. Another year with terrible conditions, which allowed Willett to win. We bet him at 150 in January. By the time we got to Augusta, he was 66 to one. So maybe this is fate doing it all over again for Min Woo Lee. And Siwoo, Siwoo never misses the cut at the Masters. I think he missed it in his first time ever, and he's made six in a row. Uh, he's having a really good year. He won the Sony Open earlier this season. Uh, his putter has been shockingly good for Siwoo Kim. His game has slipped off a bit, obviously, since the win, but he's another guy just 125 yards and in, and now they've extended number 13, so guys aren't going to be going for the green as much. So a lot of wedge game, a lot of short game, two things he really excels at, and he's hitting a bunch of fairways. I released this in my newsletter uh, last evening because I, I really wanted to see with the weather, like what should we expect? What kind of leaderboard should we expect at Augusta if it's super windy, which it does. It's not, it's funny. It's not windy on the rain days, but now you look at Sunday, like average of 13, guess up to 31. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Wow. 
Like that sounds crazy. And even if they do play into Monday, we're talking about an average of 15 with Gus up to 30 again. So they could be wreaking havoc all over the course if they have to go into Monday or play two rounds on Sunday. That Siwoo, very good in the wind, uh, just in general, because he keeps the ball relatively straight. He's going to hit it below the wind. He's not going to go left or right. He just kind of hits it down the dead center. And you have to hope he's kind of locked in. I always refer to him as mini Rory because when Rory gets into a zone and you've seen this at tournaments and he wins by like seven strokes, it just it's piped down the middle. He hits whatever his iron is to two feet and goes and taps it in. Now, Rory does that a bit more consistently. Siwoo does it for like two rounds a year, but it's just electric to watch. And you can see when he has it. And you can see when he doesn't have it. Uh, so hopefully it's just one of these weeks where he can play some consistent golf, get himself into the mix, and then just start firing at pins when it gets a little bit wet. Because he's not going to be scared to go firing where other guys are going to play it a bit more strategically. I, I mean, that's a big drawback with Hovland as well, is Hovland will fire at every pin even when you shouldn't. But if he's hitting his best shots, he's going to stick it on those holes. And he's going to make birdie where everyone else is trying not to make bogey. And hopefully they have a seven foot par putt. That's how they're playing the hole, which normally is the proper strategy. But if you do include an element of dampness and the ball is going to stick and not roll quite as much off the back of the green into the water, these Supreme ball strikers and aggressive players do all of a sudden have an advantage. So again, you can subscribe to the Mayo media newsletter. It's on Substack. It's completely free. And I'm giving away a thousand bucks if you subscribe. So I'd recommend that you go do that. But to look back at the past two really wind and water influence, either or, or, and, or Zach Johnson won in 2007. That was at plus one. Very difficult Masters. Only the third player ever to win the Masters at over par. I don't think it's going to be that difficult, but it's a good barometer of a hard Masters. To look at it in terms of driving distance that year, Tiger came second tied with Sabatini and Goosen. Tiger was 12th on tour in 2007 in driving distance. Everyone else... Zach Johnson, 170th. Jerry Kelly, who tied for fifth, 160th. Stuart Appleby, 80th. Justin Rose, 96th. David Toms, 151st. Luke Donald, 177th. To put that into some perspective, only one guy inside the top 10 a year ago finished outside the top 100 in driving distance for the year, and that was Cam Smith at 101. Five of the top 10 finished inside the top 20. So in great conditions, the distance really plays a factor. The harder the conditions, the shorter, more accurate hitters all of a sudden get a leg up. The Willett year, when he won in 2016, at minus five, three strokes over Spieth and Westwood. Just think about some of those players. Those aren't bombers. Yes, DJ and JB Holmes finished inside the top five. And they were both top 10 in driving distance. But other than that, you had Brant Snedeker, Matthew Fitzpatrick before he gained the distance. The Danish player Soren Kelsen, Lee Westwood, Willett, Spieth. These are bombers off the tee. They're great scramblers. They hit the ball low. They play well in the wind, but they don't have a ton of distance. So there's a chance that that type of player finds themselves moving up the scoreboard this year and the leaderboard on these windy conditions. So these are all things that I'm trying to play with. I think Siwoo is someone that could really fit into that bucket. Interesting. Yeah. The poor weather could bring a lot more guys into contention with the, uh, the less of a premium on the distance, as you point out. And uh, Minwoo Lee is definitely an interesting candidate there. All right, Pat, before I let you go, any other bets that capture your fancy? I know you've got some uh, bets on players to make or miss the cut, maybe parlayed perhaps, uh what else is on the card what are, what other things are you eyeballing so tiger to make the cut at even money if you can find it i like that bet a lot uh phil mickelson to miss the cut uh, plus 120 right now bryson dechambeau to miss the cut 
plus 150. Parlay those two together, it's plus 450. Throw Billy Horschel on there as well to miss the cut. All of a sudden, you got a 12 to 1 wager on your hand because I'm fading those three guys pretty hard this week. And, you know, here's some guy. I mean, I'm going to have all of these in the newsletter when I release my final bets. So I have those three to miss the cut on the parlay, along with nine other guys to make the cut. Abraham Answer, Live Guy, Siwoo, Rose, Lowry, Connors, Cameron Champ, Taylor Moore, a debutant. I also like him plus 850 as low debutant. Danny Willett and Minwoo Lee, all to make the cut. Uh, $15 will pay you 3500 on that one. Wow. Pat, uh, that is going to do it for us on this show. Thank you so much for coming on. Are you doing anything special for the Masters? Are you making pimento cheese sandwiches? Uh, any special accompaniment? when you're watching the next few days. No, I'll be taking notes and doing recap shows every single day. I still have one more Pat Mayo experience to go before kickoff. I will be with Tower Tambellini in studio, breaking down the DraftKings picks, the final bets, the one and done, the weather, all that final information that we need over on Mayo Media Network. So I'm excited for that. We'll have the live cut sweat show. We'll have the live recap show. I don't have time to be pumping cheese into myself here. I don't want to be sitting on the can for an hour. <laughs> Folks, check out the Pat Mayo experience. Uh, find Pat Mayo on Twitter at the PME and be sure to sign up for his newsletter and check out Fantasy National if you are into golf betting or DFS golf. Enjoy the tournament, everyone. Good luck with all your Masters bets. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>